Hey everybody, I'm Caleb. And I'm Joey. And we are the ministers of the Roanoke Church of Christ, and we would like to welcome you to a brand new segment, part of the podcast here at the Roanoke Church of Christ that we are calling Sermon Rewind. And this is a podcast where uh, we want to take just a moment on Monday morning, or whenever it is that you're listening to it, but we're recording it on a Monday morning, and we get an opportunity to uh, recap uh, some some points and some things that we thought were pertinent to bring back up um, in a consideration of our sermons uh, that were preached uh, the day before. Now, this podcast was Joey's idea. Um, so yeah, if it, blame it on me. So if it goes bad, it's Joey's idea. But no, I'm kidding. This this will be great. Um, and I know Joey had a uh, you kind of had a, had a an, an inspiration right behind this podcast. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> So on uh, the Longhorn Network, uh, the f- week following a football game, the coach and the TV host will do a rewind, and they'll go play-by-play through the game and pause and make comments about the play. And sometimes when you're preaching uh, and uh, you make an observation or a point, I think, wow, that was a really good point, and uh, it just kind of resonates and you don't really get the opportunity to talk about that during the sermon, or sometimes even after the fact, I will think, I wish I had said this this way or right. that way. And, or I get feedback, you know, sometimes people will give you feedback afterwards and uh, it's really good feedback that you had not thought of. So this, if it goes the way that uh, <laughs> is intended, <laughs> Uh, this will be an opportunity to kind of incorporate all of that afterthought into yeah, the sermon. Absolutely, yeah, an opportunity to to break some things down, like kind of like you mentioned. You know, it's hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? And right. so you get down from the pulpit, and you know, if you've ever preached before, you know this, and you think back, you're like, ah, oh, maybe you should have said that differently, or maybe you should have elaborated on this more, uh, or like you said, somebody. Um, Somebody makes a comment, and I'm actually going to bring something up uh, later on about my sermon that somebody came up and said something to me about. Um, just things that you never, you hadn't thought of, right? But somebody else had. Um, right. So you think, man, I wish I could have talked about that. Well, here's an opportunity for us to do that. You um, know, also to uh, to probably the pleasure of a certain member in the congregation, uh, it'll be an opportunity for us to explain and define some of the words we create during <laughs> the sermon. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you, preachers have their own vocabulary uh, sometimes. Uh, but no, certainly uh, uh, a good opportunity to do this. Uh, we also want you to know, um, we're, as we go through this, we're going to be playing some audio clips uh, from the sermons that uh, kind of hit the highlight of what we're talking about. Um, you can obviously find uh, all of our live streaming, all of our sermons and worship services on our YouTube page, and we'll link that down in the show notes below. Uh, we also, uh, I just want to say this, I'll, I won't say this anymore, but I do want to say this here at the outset. Um, we do have another podcast that uh, Joey and I both host here uh, at Roanoke uh, called Two Preachers in a Podcast, and we try to do that weekly every Thursday morning. Um, and we have an opportunity to sit down and talk about biblical subjects and kind of dive into some of those things. So certainly want to highlight that as well. That will be on this same channel, this same podcast thread as well. So all of the things pertaining to Roanoke uh, certainly are going to be there at that par- particular podcast. So certainly invite you to check those things out. And we are excited to do Sermon Preview with you. So let's, or Sermon Rewind, actually, Sermon Preview. Uh, that would be on Saturday, but we're not doing that. <laughs> we haven't, <laughs> we haven't <laughs> created that. <laughs> um, but this is Sermon Rewind. Excited to do this. Let's jump right in. Okay. So as jo- Joey talked uh, and preached Sunday morning, uh, just uh, um, like 
if you're listening to this just a few hours ago. Um, and his particular topic was one that uh, was inclusive of our mission statement. And if you have worshiped with us at all this year, um, you have probably heard us say numerous times um, that the majority of our sermons uh, are coming from and surrounding our mission statement, which is for us at Roanoke, um, strengthening our families and influencing our communities by embodying the truth in love. And a statement um, somewhat lengthy, uh, but with that, providing a lot of opportunity to go in a lot of different areas uh, of different ways to look at strengthening our families, looking at the homes, how we can better uh, equip our homes, looking at our communities, how we can better equip ourselves to go out into the community and to evangelize and influence. But then also uh, the aspect of doing so with the truth, but with an attitude of love. And I, towards that latter part of the phrase is kind of where Joey was coming from um, yesterday, um, talking specifically about church discipline or just discipline really in love. Um, and a topic like that is one that is really somewhat difficult and daunting to talk about. Um, that's why I let Joey talk about it and not me. <laughs> but, no, Joey did a great job uh, with it. And within um, him him talking about that particular topic, uh, he brought out three main points, the idea of self-discipline, uh, preventative discipline, and then corrective discipline. And I want you to listen to this main point um, kind of a, a point that he really drove home um, right at the outset of this sermon. I want you to listen to it right here. Corrective discipline in the church is never the first step. On the contrary, it, it is a last step action that is taken after everything else has been accomplished and has failed to bring that person back to God. So the point that Joey makes here is obviously that corrective discipline is something that is somewhat of a last resort, really kind of a last ditch effort to try to bring someone back in um, to the fold and to the family of God. And I think that's so important because I think far too often we um, as individuals, as a church, as a whole, that's kind of like the first thing that we do, right? We want to go out, we want to bring as many people back as we can. Um, and sometimes we just do it in the wrong way and we don't have our attitude about it. And we, we go out and a lot of times when we do it in the wrong way or in the wrong order, um, we do much more harm than we do good. Um, and it's unfortunate, um, when you have churches who, who do it the right way, um, and, you know, I think about, uh, the, the, there was a congregation in middle Tennessee a couple of years ago. Um, and I, we, on, on a podcast that, um, that I help host on the scattered abroad network, um, we actually sat down with the minister of that congregation and we talked about a lot of the things that they had to deal with, how really traumatic of a situation it was because uh, we had, you had a church that went about you know, practicing church discipline in the right way. And um, what happened was it, it was publicized. There was no context with any of it. And it just blew up on social media. And uh, the people at the congregation were receiving death threats. They had to have uh, police presence, you know, throughout their, their worship services um, because there was fear, you know, for their physical lives. Um, and it, it's unfortunate that it comes down to that because so many people see corrective discipline as, you know, something that you should never do. And, I, and, I, and I'm kind of going off here, I think, but a lot of that has to do, I think, with, you know, our society and culture living in a, in a time where 
you have to be completely accepted and tolerant of everybody, right? You can't tell somebody no, you can't tell them what they're doing is wrong. But I say all of that to say this, corrective discipline certainly is necessary, but it's never um, the first step. And I, you know, and that's, that's kind of the point that you were making yesterday. Yeah. You know, and there are a couple of angles you can look at that from. I, I was really emphasizing the point that in the public view, when the church is seen practicing uh, corrective discipline or withdrawal of fellowship, it's viewed so negatively and it lacks the context of what took place before that happened. Right. You know, and what, at least what was supposed to happen was the person was supposed to discipline themselves. Right. So that it never got to that point. Beyond that, in addition to that, the church in its edifying environment is practicing preventative discipline to keep help keep each member faithful. Right. And, you know, none of that is ever considered in the public eye. They just see, well, here's a group of people who claim to be like Jesus, and right. they're being mean to somebody, right. you know? Yeah. So that— <clears throat> But then also, in addition to that, as I think about it, you know, we need to remember that these efforts are aimed at saving the soul, mm. not punishing sure. the soul. And sometimes we can look at discipline, you know, from a, an angry at the person perspective, right. you know, and we look at it more punitive than corrective. And right. that, that's not... Uh, you know, vengeance belongs to God, right? Right, not, not us. And we are trying to the best of our ability help people to see that they are out of fellowship with God, right? And the best way for us to do that is a biblical way of withdrawing fellowship that they've already lost with God, right? You think about it, you know, a child at home they get disciplined by their parents. Why? It's not because the parent, you know is enjoying the discipline right. or is because they're necessarily, you know, have this horrible anger towards that person, but it's because it's out of a love that they want the child to do better. Well, right. And they want the child to live and, you know, the right life and make the right choices. Um, and the way that you help that child see that right. is through, is through disciplining and, and it, it hurts during the time to, to both parties. Right. Um, but certainly it's done with a better future uh, in mind, but it's, you know, you made the point, it never would have to happen in the first place, right? If people would just simply self-discipline. And that right. was the first point you made in your sermon yesterday. Um, church discipline, in truth, if people lived the right kind of lives, would never have to happen. It would never have to be practiced. Right. Um, but people don't always live lives the right way. And and God understood that. God knew that. And thus he put this, uh, this way of doing things uh, into play. And so it's very important that we follow it. And just because it's difficult, you know, you, you, t you think about elders, just because it's extremely difficult and because, you know, there is the possibility of public backlash, whatever it might be, that doesn't mean you don't do it. Right. You still have to, you know, hold true to the word of God and do exactly what it tells you to do. Yeah. And you're exactly right. And you mentioned earlier the congregation in Middle Tennessee um, that had that situation. You know, the preacher there uh, that y'all interviewed is a classmate and a dear friend of mine, right. you know, and I know, I know him, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think I have been around him long enough to be a good judge of his character sure. and his intentions, you know, and just he and that 
congregation were maligned publicly, right? Just you know, lacking context. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I think it's unfortunate. You know that uh, people are so quick to judgment, but I, th- I think it's even more unfortunate that Christians would put the church in that kind of situation where uh, anyone would have an opportunity to cast doubt or discredit toward Jesus and, and his body. Sure. Yeah, no, you're exactly, you're exactly right. But great sermon um, yesterday. One, uh, again, hard, hard to, hard to preach about, um, you know, certain topics are more difficult than others. That certainly can be one of those. Uh, but hopefully, uh, it's, it's, it's one that is, um, you know, it's received by, by soft hearts, hearts that are willing to, to see what needs to be done, uh, within their own lives. Um, and certainly, uh, certainly some, some, some good things to, to continue thinking about, uh, on that front. So, all right. So let's turn our attention to your, <laughs> Your sermon, and um, you know, I just I love that we have this arrangement here where we have two preachers, and right. and you and I both get to sit and listen uh, to a sermon. So that's right. that's a great privilege and a great uh, benefit uh, that that I'm grateful for. And uh, so last night, your sermon was on uh, Josiah. I love the title, the the King Who Flipped the Script. You know, and it, and you talked about here was an individual who came to power whose predecessors, you know, had just made a mess, right. really. And it would have been real easy for him to just follow suit, you know, mm-hmm. especially as the age, at the age that he came into that position, right. you know, and all of the influencers in that environment that would have you know, would have been very helpful in just going with the flow. Right. But that that situation changed for a nation uh, with this individual in power. And so there were a number of points that you you made that I would uh, just kind of like to revisit and, and pick your brain maybe a little bit sure. more about that. So let's rewind it. Josiah, what are you doing? Why are you making all of these, all of, why are you doing all of these things to all of these, the, these, these worshipers and these idols and all of these, these altars? What is the point of what you're doing? Josiah says, look, I'm tearing down anything that resembled any kind of idolatrous worship. If it looked, if it smelled, if it reminded, if it called back, it was, if it was similar to any kind of idol or false god, it was gone. Josiah says, I'm literally getting rid of every evil and wicked and horrible thing in the land. He says, I'm taking these altars, I'm burning them, and I'm grinding them down to absolutely nothing. When, when Kayla and I lived in Tennessee, there was, a, there was a tree right in the middle of our backyard, and it, it was dead. It was hanging over the house. If it was some bad winds or storms, it probably would have broke the tree, and the tree probably would have fallen on our house. So we called a company to come out there, and they took the tree down, and we asked them to grind down the stump. And so they brought this machine out, and they literally grinded it down to absolutely nothing. When you looked out, when you walked out on the ground, you couldn't even tell that there was a tree that had been there. That is exactly what Josiah is doing with all of these idols and all of these gods. He is grinding them down to where they resemble absolutely nothing, and they're completely gone from your sight. Okay, so uh, after listening to uh, this uh, 
first point about uh, what was involved in restoration, right, with Josiah. You know, if you look at 2 Kings 22 again, the book of the law had been found after being lost. That's a whole sermon right. in of itself, right? <laughs> yeah. yep. But I, I just, I, I was impressed by the fact and the way that you pointed out what was done to the idols and all the emblems and symbols of idol worship and how they were crushed or ground to powder. They were completely done away with. And you had used a, an illustration about uh, the tree in your backyard that uh, was dying and had to be cut down in the stump ground, right? you know, down to the ground and that there was no evidence of, that tree ever being there after that. And I thought, what, what a powerful point that if you're going to get rid of evil and start fresh with truth, you, you have to completely uh, get rid of it. And uh, so I just wondered, you know, what other things are going on in your mind as you think back about what you said about that? Yeah. You read through second Kings 23 and it talks all about um, Josiah making the point to, completely rid the land of any kind of uh, a memorial or altar or anything that would have brought their minds back to uh, those that idolatrous worship. And, you know, you, you flip that, right? Why did God tell the people time and time again to set up memorials? To remind them, right, right. of what he had done. And the purpose was to, to keep it in their memory so they don't forget what God has done. Well, that's exactly what he's doing just in the opposite way uh, of, of completely purging the land out of all of the wickedness and evil that was there. And in another, you know, very trivial illustration, you think about, you know, a teenager nowadays, you know, all over social media, Instagram, things like that. Um, you know, when they're in a relationship, but that relationship ends, um, it is very toxic for that individual to, you know, continue, you know, trying to, to look at their significant others, you know, posts and pictures and all these things, because they're constantly feeding their mind of something that is, been done away with and that's gone and that's, that's over with. Um, and so the, the, in, again, the very simple illustration, but the, but the point is there that you cannot keep these things in your sight, in your mind, you know, surrounding your, any kind of sense that you have, um, if you want to try to get back on track towards God. And yeah. again, the same is with us today. When we talk about the way that we live our lives in the world, we can't try to cling as close to the world as we can um, and, and expect us to be live, to live fruitful and faithful lives for God. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle nowadays is that they try to have this, I don't know, this divided allegiance, right? Where you try to be like the world around you, but you also try to live the, you know, the life that God would have you live. And, you know, we've talked about it before. We see so many families who, who struggle with this and you see it because you see their lack of involvement and their lack of faithfulness and activity in the Lord's church. Um, but in their minds, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing because they're there on Sunday mornings or whatever it might be. Um, yeah. But it, it's truthful. It's truly an internal struggle for them trying to figure out, you know, where that line is uh, right. in their lives. Yeah. I just, you know, bringing it, bringing it into a modern context, <clears throat> Uh, kind of what you were talking about there. I think of Galatians chapter two and verse 20, where Paul said, mm-hmm. I am crucified with Christ. Right. And nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me and the life, which I now live, I live uh, by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And that, 
that's kind of like that grinding down yeah. to the ground, the former life. Right. And it's not me anymore. My motives, my actions, my thoughts are, are governed by uh, the will of Christ. I just, that you know, that was an excellent point. The illustration was uh, spot on. So there was another, uh, I mean, there were a lot of them, but uh, for time's sake, I'll just uh, offer this second one. I want to rewind to the point where you were talking about leaving a legacy. In 200 years, if the earth is still standing, what are people going to remember about you? Truth be told, probably won't remember you, will they? Probably not going to remember me. But if we had the option of allowing people to remember one thing about each of us, what would it be? If they were to remember you and anything about your life, anything that you did while you were here on this earth, what would it be? Brothers and sisters, I hope that for every single one of us that it will be said that you and I did everything that we could to turn people back to the Lord. All right, so in that point, you asked uh, the question kind of, how will people remember you a hundred years from now? <laughs> right. And uh, very appropriately, but with a little bit of humor, you made the point, uh, people aren't going to remember <laughs> right. you in a hundred years. And yep. that's very true. But I, I really like what you did with that. If you could pick what people remembered you for a hundred years from now, what would that be? And I thought, and I'm still thinking right here, I mean, we're talking about Josiah. Right. Even today, you know, thousands of years sure. separated from when he did these things. And look at what we're remembering about him. And so that really got me to thinking, you know, what what would I want people to remember me for if I could choose that? And and I, I believe your point was to the, the ideal thing is to be remembered for turning people back to the Lord, you know, or something along those lines. What else do you have on that? Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. And it, it is kind of funny, right? You, we, we put so much stock in what we do here in this life. Um, you know, for, again, go back, going back to our families, we, you know, we, it's so important to, to win the championships and win the trophies and all those kinds of things. And, and it is right. There's a lot of lessons to be learned in that. And certainly good can come from that. But, um, in the grand scheme of things, you know, I don't even remember who won the Super Bowl five years ago. I don't even know if I remember who won it two years ago, you know. Um, and granted, I'm not that Some huge. people do. <laughs> right, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not that huge of an NFL fan. Some yeah. people are, you know. Um, but in truth, um, 100 years ago, whatever it is, you know, we don't remember things about that. Um, but, you know, in terms maybe even concerning our family, um, you know, we remember generations back further yeah. in that regard. Um, when we can remember um, the impact that some people had, you know, grandparents or great grandparents that they had in helping sh shape and form you know, the direction of the way families go. Um, and so I think, you know, it's important to for us to consider if we if someone did remember something about us on the off chance that, you know, somebody did. Um, if you were to ever, you know, be written down in history or whatever it might be, you know, what would it what would that be? Um, and, you know, you think you ask people in our world you'd get a plethora of answers, right? Many sure. of which would um, probably have nothing to do with the spiritual aspect of life. Um, but 
it certainly needs to be uh, said of us that we were striving really twofold, that we were doing all that we could um, to live faithful lives, but then that we were also doing all that we could to help people around us live faithful lives. And that's exactly what Josiah did. During his lifetime, during his opportunity to to reign and to rule, to have such an influence on the people around him, he did everything that he could to turn people back to God. And, you know, certainly commended, he's commended for that. He's remembered for that, um, certainly. He's, he stands tall above so many other kings uh, mm-hmm. that we read about in the Old Testament. And certainly I hope that that's, that's a lesson for us to take away that if there was anything that we could, you know, have people remember about us, it, it would be that we were doing all that we can to be faithful to God and then to, to help the people around us. So great point. Great sermon. I appreciate what you said very much. I appreciate that. I appreciate yours as well. Hopefully uh, if you're, if you were here with us on Sunday and you're listening to this as well, we appreciate that very much. And hopefully it has been uh, encouraging to you, uh, beneficial to you, uh, to your faith and to your walk with Christ. Maybe uh, you're listening to this and perhaps we have intrigued you with uh, the sermons we've preached and we'd love for you to go back and listen to those. Um, you can find the links in our uh if you want to watch the videos, you can find that link to our YouTube page in the show notes below, or uh, you can also find uh, on this particular podcast, we upload our sermon audio. So if you want to just continue to just listen to it, uh, you can find that here in this thread as well. Certainly appreciative of you uh, joining us today. If you're listening to this, um, I don't know really how often we're going to do this. We've kind of thrown some ideas around about when we'll do this, but we will continue to do this uh, as often as we feel necessary. Um, so we certainly are excited to continue to do this. Hopefully this isn't beneficial to you. Looking forward to being with you the next time that we're on a podcast together. Thank you so much. God bless.